0: Hey guys, I'm Alex Mack, part of the Call to Action crew, and you're hanging out with me for this tonight's episode of Schmo Bates, where we fight and argue to the death to answer Schmodown's biggest questions here tonight, every single flip and flop and Wednesday. Thank you so much for coming. Kelsey, what's up, boo? Not much. I'm just trying to survive being isolated.
1: You know, it's so nice to get to be here tonight, get some interaction with people, and of all matches to get to be a co-host on, I am so excited this is one of them, because this is going to be amazing.
0: I'm sure everything you're experiencing now is a completely isolated situation. No one else is experiencing that, right? <laughs> nope, nope, just me. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> all right, Fantastic. yes, well, we are going to be watching these two amazing, huge, recognizable monsters of Schmodown, holy crap, uh, you really kind of debate these really big, awesome questions. Uh, So, it's going to be all out of bag of chips. So, thank you guys for coming along. So, we're going to go ahead and do some quick introductions of these fine-ass people. All right. For our first competitor, you may know him as the Beast. You may know him as the one that stands forever, the forever standing. We also know him as just a pretty chill dude with a Hawaiian shirt. What's up, my man, Bibbs?
2: What's up, y'all? What's up? How's everybody doing? Doing Uh spit you do Alex Mac I would like to thank you for letting us into your secret life. (laughs)
0: It's not secret. My life is everywhere on here. I don't have a life outside of here. That's well
2: no one does anymore. And uh (laughs) uh, it's a real pleasure to see you again as well. Uh it's an honor and a thrill and I can't wait to try to watch my volume. I promise I will try.
0: No, well, I mean, not kidding. I remember chatting with you like oh um in LA for spectacular. I felt like it was forever and a day ago, like oh my gosh. Oh, but God. I remember chatting with you over there and I remember asking, I was like, Hey, I would love for you to be on Schmo It's like a Schmo down debate show and everything. It's it's I yeah, you know, I would love for you to be on. And you were like, Yes, I would love to be on it, but I want to go up But can I have a request to go to go up against Roca? <laughs> And I felt like it was like such a fleeting moment considering the chaos of that day. Um, but um actually it actually it was like definitely something I was like, if I can make this happen, it
2: will be the most amazing thing ever.
0: <laughs> and it's happening. Yeah.
2: I don't remember that, but that sounds like me.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty big day for sure.
2: Yeah, everyone. that was that was a very hectic, crazy day for a million reasons. it was a real pleasure to see you there. And once again, since I haven't talked to you guys in a long time, congratulations. Mm-hmm. On winning your
0: showy. Thank, you. Well Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, we definitely work hard here. So we're hoping it pulls through.
2: Is there right. anyone else joining us today? Is there? Is a joke? I
0: was just going to talk to you. We're going to be inviting <laughs> our second competitor. Um, I was like, I feel like we can just like, hang out with this all day. I was like, we're going to invite our second competitor, the badass. Oh my gosh. The original horseman, current belt holder. Slam, bam, wham. Oh, it's John Roca.
3: Woo! Did someone say a belt did someone say a belt there's right there. the, belt. That's right. the tag team belt always uh, within uh reaching distance for me here in the office thank you all so much for having me on the call to action uh channel who knew months ago that this would ever be possible i wanted this channel burnt to the ground just a scant sh- for short few months ago and now i am honored and blessed to be on the channel with you all having fun tonight Debating uh, with my old friend and nemesis uh, William the Beast mm. Viviani Growl Growl. Uh, right, right. So it's great to see you Kelsey, and it's great to see <laughs> you Alex. Alex, please try to stay sober. Uh, and are gonna have you ourselves. <laughs> we're gonna have ourselves. I mean, <laughs> someone's got to read these numbers correctly from the fans who are voting. So I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I, just like any other out match. I'm super nervous. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know who's going to be standing at the end. But I hope to at least. I've put yeah. myself well on here because uh, certainly Bibbs is an intelligent guy, very well reasoned in his uh, uh, defenses of terrible films. So I have my work cut out for me, even trying to defeat this man. So I that's, love let's get how to
2: polite it. John is right now. He's like a camouflaged snake, you know, just coiling up like in the how corner, ready to strike.
3: <laughs> uh, I respect That's you.
2: Already started the,
0: the arguing has already started before the timer has started. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to
2: point out who
3: started like the argument. I'd like to point out who started the arguing, and that and would be. One of you of I, it it. I I respect
2: <laughs> yeah. the hell out of you. Once I'm again, very thrilled to be talking to you. I love that you have your belt. It's on brand. If I had a belt right now, I would be on camera. What I do have is a replica of Evil Bond. That is up there from the full moon. Arguably, oh. much more really. of Evil Bond, Charles Bandgame. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's, all, that's what I have instead of accolades and prizes.
0: Well, you know what, everyone, I see a bunch of really cool stuff going on in the background for you guys, but you know what we can talk about, you know, I think that's a Gundam in the background or I can see a million and one awesome DVDs over there as well. We can do that all day. However, we're here to really focus on some really awesome and interesting debates. If I do say so myself. So, um, I just want to let you guys know what we're doing here today. Um, if you're new to SchmoBase, thank you so much for dropping in to watch these people argue. How we're going to go about this is that we argue Schmodown's biggest questions, such as what is the biggest, uh, the best match in um, belt history, like belt, it was like, sorry, belt uh, match in history all the way to who would be uh, the best competitor to go up against in a Schmodown themed food fight. We get really weird up here in SchmoBase. Nice. So it's really all that in a bag of chips, I have to say. Now, we, how we kind of go about the format as well. We do have an opening statement for 60 seconds for each of these fine competitors, following by open remarks, where they really debate openly as well, like I said, uh, as well as a closing statement to really finalize their arguments and try to turn you to vote in their favor. Now, that being said, if you're here to be like, Roke is the best, awesome. If you're here to say, Bids is the best, awesome.
2: However, you do not sure,
0: awesome. vote for people based on who your favorite competitor is. You have to vote on based on their arguments alone. Please be impartial. I know it's very hard.
3: Please, <laughs> um, elonation, Nation, be impartial. Be impartial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, go
2: ahead. Uh, I, we exactly. don't actually have like fans. So uh, if you're like one of the three people who like us over critically acclaimed, you're not gonna, you're really not gonna tilt it yeah. either way. I guess do whatever you've you got, want. I don't know. You've got a good Patreon, don't say that. You've got oh, all right. The you've Patreon is yeah. we've had a lot of support lately because of you everything do. being horrible, and we are great, great
0: as problem. a patron of that Patreon. I do say so myself, it is a fun time over there.
3: Oh, Thank
2: A little, uh
3: Fox in the Hen House.
0: Okay. All right. Hey, you know what? I all actually, right. I'm a, Kate, okay, I have, you know, I'm a patron of a uh, top 10. I have, you know, so. Okay.
3: Oh. Very you know, fair. Oh, old. little hen oh, in the man. fox house. <laughs> hey, who do you, who do you donate to more? Mm. All right. We'll, we'll figure that out later. i here for both of you guys.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of patrons going around, man. We all yeah. support each other. Okay. It now really that, Now we have, we're going to go ahead and dive into it. Kelsey. Will you do the honor of not only being amazing with that timer, but please read our first question.
1: I would be happy to. What is the most heel move in Schmodown?
0: Now, this is a really big question indeed. Now, we're going to be starting with John Broca for your opening statement. You do have 60 seconds on the clock to make your arguments starting right now.
3: All right. Well, the argument is really moot to me because there's only one answer. And the number one answer is Andrew Guy beating Dan Merle at Schmodown Spectacular. No one saw that coming and it changed the trajectory of the game and so many storylines just for that one victory. He TKO'd Dan, which no one had ever done. Then he gave him a double finger salute and thrust his penis into Dan's face in one of the most unsettling displays of Victor I've ever seen. This side of Ben Baton celebrating between rounds before a match is even over. It was one of the most insane things I've ever seen before. And finally, it established – it was the last piece of the puzzle to establish Andrew Guy as a legitimate heel. If he can beat the GOAT – that anyone is game if he can be that pretty that good at it and denigrate people and destroy people with his mouth and also beat people in the ring that is one of the most greatest heel moves ever how do you how do you send the goat down into an embarrassing loss in such a classy fashion and time that's the heel move yeah Mm -hmm.
0: okay (laughs) all right yes like i mentioned You can use a full-time, you can use halftime, whatever you want to do. So, yeah, I'm loving that pick as, you know, being part of Call to Action, absolutely, but we're going to attempt to be unbiased here. All right, Bibbs, who or what is the most heel move in Schmodown to you? Please make your arguments.
2: Uh, Roka is right. There is only one correct answer, but the correct answer is Ken Napsok betraying Rachel Cushing. When guy oh. did that thing, he was he was already a heel, and he just happened to win a game and be rude about it. Ken Napsok went from uh, a face to a heel. He betrayed one of the most beloved people in the entire showdown, and he actually affected the game. Not just because they won on a fair on a fair game, but he actually screwed her over, and she's the only person ever to have to play a teams match solo which actually hurt her stats. Like, she's one of the greatest players of all time. This heel move negatively affected her career. It absolutely broke up one of the most popular teams that we had at the time, and it solidified the Lions' Den as the toughest, baddest, meanest team ever. When Ken came in and came in not to say hi to Rachel, but to celebrate with her enemies, that's the greatest heel move ever.
0: And time. (sighs) Okay. This is a very personal decision. Um, But you guys are both wrong. The actual most heel move in Schmodown was when uh, when Makuga read the belt between his legs.
3: You can't even tell if
2: Makuga's a heel or not half the time. So, I, 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 but I agree. That is a that's damn a heel, heel move. Well. <laughs> it, agreed. Agreed right. it was a heel move. But I don't think it was the most... <laughs>
0: Okay, now no, please, I do
3: okay. see, So now what? Now what? Well,
0: I do see actually a lot of people are always saying, I already made up my mind. Both are making some excellent points, which these guys did. But don't make your assumptions on who you think has won already for the first argument. You guys have to have four minutes to go into your open open remarks, starting right
2: now. Okay. I don't think okay. you can say that the most heel move, not necessarily the biggest heel move, but the most heel move is simply a heel winning a game and being... Rude about it. That's something that can mm-hmm. just happen at any time. That is the emotion. That is the competition getting swept away. Can betraying I also the don't think narrative. I also don't think you can say
3: that's a most heel move when everyone was helping him make that move. That wasn't Ken by himself. That was the announcers screaming at the top of their lungs, pushing it forward. That was everyone else getting involved. So how can it be a most heel move if everyone else was helping Ken do it? And then he got embarrassed by Christian in the back and forth. So he even he got he grew he grew in size at the beginning and then slowly got diminished as this whole thing went along. Whereas Andrew guy started out small and and got bigger. And the that's what, that's what happened here. Was the, the most humiliating move it's, was it's, him destroying Dan in such a, such an uh, uncomfortably uh, embarrassing fashion and disrespectful thing, fashion, if, if, and then establishing himself is, in that, that way. Anyone could have destroyed Dan.
2: Dan. Like it's it was an authentic, on any given day him. to beat anybody. He it just he beat wasn't even. Dan. S- that's hard. Here's the know. difference. It yeah. wasn't scripted.
3: The heel move wasn't scripted. It's, it's the, move, move. It's the it scripted. Most Andrew Guy's heel was organic Listen, and real it, okay. and pure. The the it was the even most more better than showdown. something he's He
2: didn't have words fed unscripted unscripted to him. He heel did move it right drawdown. off the bat and went at It doesn't him. say the most impressive unscripted heel move. That's just competition. I'm sorry. Guy being rude to someone is no different when it's Dan Merle or anyone somebody, else. Somebody showing Dan up late to a match not to is not a heel move. Dan Merle has been showing up late to a match. Other people who are move. also jerks. No one has someone no going with an entire race. faction to is not a heel move. Give like, you, you
0: guys a pause for a minute. Um, Kelsey, can you pause for a hot second. <laughs> okay, so you guys are making some excellent points so far. All right. um, I do want, um, I do want to start um, ask you, Roka and Bibs. I do yeah. kind of want uh, you guys kind of start going in back and forth a little, little bit, just because I can hear both of you guys making excellent points, but I want to focus on one more than the other. Um, okay, starting with you, Roka, just a little bit. I'll give you like a solid like forty five seconds apiece, and we can kind of go to you, Bibs, as well. Okay. Can you cool. kind of Good. talk about a little bit specifically what it did to the fans? Fan reaction, Um, but also, please, please uh, kind of do that as well. Like, what was the impact to Schmodan as a whole? How it impacted the individual fandom towards Rachel? How it impacted their careers?
3: Look, walking away from somebody, yeah, walking away from somebody is not a heel move. Actually walking out there and beating somebody that is a fan favorite, more beloved than Rachel was at that time. Bibbiani's doing her business history. Rachel had fought three matches. She wasn't as beloved as Dan. Andrew came in there and destroyed a legend, an icon, the goat of of Raw, and then spat on his grave and even took his pants off and pissed on it. It was the most disgusting display I've ever seen. And it was a massive heel move, fine, figuratively. It was a massive heel move by Andrew Guy and left Dan, and it also jettisoned Dan into a new stratosphere. So in that way, it changed the entire game and it established Andrew God once and for all as one of the top heels ever just walking away from a faction because you're whining because you can't win, which is what that cutscene was with him and Rachel. We can't beat the Patriots. We can't beat the Patriots. A baby is not a heel. A man is a heel. Andrew guy was a man when he beat Dan.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, Walking away from somebody is not a heel move is your counter argument here. Uh, Ken didn't walk well, there was more away than that, but okay. he never showed up. He abandoned somebody. He told somebody he was going to be there, and he betrayed them lots of people have left their partners in the showdown hello you and me but that is not what we're talking about here we're talking about someone who absolutely stranded their partner in a situation that is completely unprecedented other people have played dan merle other people have she's still almost That is not unprecedented unprecedented is going one against an entire team and yeah she lost she came close which is really impressive but this Changed her this absolutely. This this sent her in a position to team up with the Shar Wilson completely changed the league for the better in the long run. Whereas, I'm sorry, Dan coming back and winning more matches doesn't change a damn thing. That is status quo. You're an insane person. You're an insane person. Guy is still punching. Listen, if you had said guy pushing Ben through a table. I would say, yeah, maybe that's a good one because we all remember about a year later, Ben had a bad back. I blame Andrew Guy. That would have been a legit lame. evil time move. For me, no. the ultimate guy move is betrayal.
0: And time. Speaking of which, I betray you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also scripted, by the way. Also scripted. But anyway,
2: yes, go ahead. Well, that line was that lib. <laughs> um- It was. It was. I I have
0: so many feelings. I really do have so many feelings about this. Um, Well, we have two um, very huge moments, you know, within Schmodown. I remember when Rachel, I remember, like, when that moment cried, when Napsok left Rachel and – you know Rachel's not super comfortable wasn't at that time wasn't super comfortable on camera she's not an actress and everything so everything when that happened i remember it feeling that much more real as a result but also with guy the energy and everything that happened after it i mean you know the pelvic sorcery that came from that uh, you know scene is you know really um, really quite magical um okay so um going over the chat just real quickly um let's say we do have <laughs> Um, we do have a lot of people saying that, you know, they love the arguments. Uh, you know, Beast is speaking the truth. Oh, thank you. Sue, uh, Sue, you know, God, this is great. Um, Jake Yakavetta, holy shit, the credit Roke is giving Guy is some Inception shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of opinions up in here. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Now, um, for your closing statement, Kelsey. Mm hmm. They're both making some fine-ass arguments. What would they have to say in order to make them convert you?
1: Yeah, right now I'm very torn because I felt so emotional with the whole Rachel situation. And then, I mean, watching that whole thing with Guy was just like a really fist-pump moment. Um, I don't know. I just want to hear uh, more details on, um, I guess, kind of like maybe how it's like changed the game further and how heel moves are from here going on out because I feel like they really both did change the -hmm. face of what it is to be a heel in the showdown so
0: absolutely for sure well is there um any um any uh counterpoints you would really need either one of them to really make note of in their closing statements you really want them to hear let me say
1: um I'm sorry what
0: I I know something I want really want you guys kind of go into is that you both made your points about what, what it did to the fandom and everything. Um, What I would really love for, for both of you guys to make mention your counter statement is I, I want you to talk about why the impact, why his reaction to guy TKO Merle and how that happened. I want you to kind of talk about how it doesn't matter. Which I feel like is impossible, <laughs> but also I mean, like how it's not that much of a heel move at all. Like it doesn't, people don't really refer to it as like one of the greatest moments in in schmoadown history. But also, same, same for you, Roka. I kind of want you to talk about how people don't really refer to one of the, that scene to that whole situation to be like one of the greatest moments in schmoadown as well. So. um I kind mm-hmm. of want well, you guys to kind of balance it out a little bit as well.
3: Do you mean the move? First of all, no. tell Dean Morgan I ain't lying about shit, and he needs to tell me what the <laughs> hell he thinks I'm lying about because you need to go back and watch that map, which I just watched. Ken was absolutely crying to Rachel that he couldn't beat the Patriots, they couldn't beat the Patriots, and then showed mm-hmm. up. That's what actually happened, Dean. Maybe you should stop getting drunk when you watch matches and forgetting things and blacking out. That's what happened. Um, but no, what, what? So what do you want to say? I'm not going to because I think Bibbs's choice is is uh, the second best heel move. My choice is the first best heel move. I uh, are you trying to say that I need to say why it's not a heel move?
0: Exactly. Yes.
3: Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just Who trying to
0: dive first? into that a little bit more.
2: Who's going first? Who goes first?
0: Okay. We're gonna be we're gonna stick into it. Like I mentioned earlier, we're gonna have Roca um, give his closing statement first.
3: Oh, okay. Well, Dean Morgan said I lied about what Guy did. Oh, yes, he didn't piss on him. Yes, he didn't piss on his grave. You know why? Because Dan didn't actually die, you moron. What he did, though, because I was there and you were not, Dean, he actually thrust his penis into Dan's face a couple times pissed Dan off, he double-fingered saluted Dan. You don't see that in the cut because Christian had to take that out at the time for the kids but that's what he actually did. That was the heel move there. It solidified Andrew Guy once and for all as one of the top heels ever and you know what a heel does? A heel keeps going and consistently wins. Has anyone seen Ken Napsok? I'm still looking for Ken Napsok. It can't be a heel move. It was a one-off and nobody even cares about you anymore and you did nothing with it but fade into obscurity, become a manager or get lost in a group, an ensemble group. Group. Andrew Guy established himself as a heel for the rest of time in the Schmodown. When people talk about the best heels ever, it's my name and Andrew Guy's name, and then Kalinowski's name, and then Ben somewhere in the background as well. But there's a reason for that; because what Andrew Guy did was incredible. Ken now saw crying like a baby before he walked out there. Then having the uh, the fans come out, and then having Christian embarrass him and in the post match. down, that's, that's not a heel move.
0: Your closing statement. <laughs>
2: Deleted scene that wasn't in the match that should automatically disqualify from the argument to begin with. But let's, let's oh, leave it another like complaint. It. Let's leave it as is. Let's leave it as is. Uh, let's just do a championship match with all first round here's questions Why it didn't change the game, okay? Roca beat Guy, mm-hmm. Guy's ascension stopped and he never went for any further. He was avenged. Dan went on, to just, the just Dan down. We all know and love, whereas, yeah. Ken was a whiny baby of a villain. A lot of the great villains are whiny babies. Darth Vader was a whiny baby <laughs> in the prequels, what? So Darth Vader. Here's the problem. With your argument, Rachel took that opportunity and ascended to greater heights than anyone ever had before. You're right. She was relatively new. She got stronger than, than anyone had before. Dan had already done everything. She's ever out of this. She became a legend in the Schmodown. Dan was already a legend in the Schmodown who had one bad game and Guy was rude about winning. That's it. That's the end of it. Was it a great moment? Sure. Was it a great underdog match? Hell yeah. Was it the greatest heel move? No, it's like top 10 at most. And I yield the rest of my time.
3: Okay, I'll take those 10 seconds on your website. On on, on your article that you The Andrew guy thing was going to
2: talk over this until someone. Mm -mm, mm
1: -mm. (laughs) Children?
3: (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You need to clarify because when he says he yields time, don't I get to take that time? No. No. You need to go to Congress. That's what that means. Anyway, We're not right in Congress. You, right. are, you know what? I'm Maxine Waters. I'm reclaiming my time. Right, right, right. <laughs> you
0: to reclaiming. Okay, um, and
2: I'll reclaim the time and okay. give it to them.
0: <laughs> you guys have made both made some fantastic arguments. Thank you so much. Now. Um, It's, there's a lot of people here with some opinions and mostly, and a lot of people are just talking about, you know, Vader absolutely was wine. It was a wine baby. (laughs) That's convenient. convenient. Um, Okay. So like I mentioned, if you have decided right now that, you know, you're like, Hey, I want to vote in favor of Roca. I want to vote in favor of uh bibs go vote right now on our twitter page we have our votes and everything ready to go make your votes known make your opinions known because you're not going to be able if you vote tomorrow it's not gonna matter if you're gonna vote in three hours it is still not gonna matter because you only until like five or ten minutes after we conclude all of our arguments to really determine who wins these arguments and who walks away a victor okay Okay, before we kind of jump into our second question, which was a very
2: fun question. This is I love this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys got your first argument out of the way. And I know you guys I'm are no comfortable. kind of debating. We've had
2: arguments before.
0: But <laughs> starting, with you, starting with you, Bibs, like how do you kind of feel about, you know, doing this with Roka of all people? You know, with these like fun schmodown stuff.
2: I'm going to say this right now, and I don't think I get to say this enough. I I, I love Roka and I love that we can argue about this kind of stuff and get super passionate about it and we can walk away at the end and, you know, respect each other. I, I really love that. So this is a lot of fun. And um, I, you know, I'd still like to win, but I'll also understand if he does.
0: Well, I mean, I can honestly say going both ways. And what about you, Roka? How do you feel about going against bids? You know, like, you know, obviously a longtime competitor, a rival you've yeah, been going against in Schmodown, but how do you feel about actually doing it on camera arguing?
3: Listen, no one brings out the best in me like Bibbs does. No uh-huh. one challenges me to be, to like bring it like Bibbs does. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's, as I've said, on many, whatever my issues are with his heel face stuff that he does all the time, uh, walking that line between both and having feet in both camps, uh, I always give him credit for his abilities. As a movie reviewer, as an analytical man talking about films, he's one of the best guys out there, this side of Drew McWeeny. So going up against him in a debate is not easy. He's sharp, he's quick, uh, and he knows how to pick certain things, and he'll manipulate arguments in a certain direction. Uh, for example, he chose the prequels rather than Darth Vader killing motherfuckers in Rogue One. So give him props for what he does. But uh, so, okay. I, but I love it, and I think it's fun, and I'm having a good time. And uh, Dean Morgan can suck it, basically. Dean Morgan can suck it. <laughs> the
0: <There> <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can definitely turn off your viewing access to this if it's uh, if it's comedic. There's a there's a lot of comments and everything. More also, Paul even says, stay in character until you're backstage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ken is totally a heel of bears, um, you know, but also there's a lot of love for each competitor bits. 2028 could be your year.
3: Yes. Um, well, we don't know. have any matches. Yes. 2028 yeah, could, could be. Two be. I don't know. I long know. Long. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of love, you know, for both you guys in here. So again, go vote right now and make your opinions heard. So we're going to be going into our second question here in a second. And... I'm gonna pull it up and we're gonna be starting with bids to make your opening statement first. Go ahead and have that water. You have 60 seconds to provide your statement.
2: My Voltron cup. Oh Kelsey, like will that. you do the
0: honors?
1: Sure Voltron's can. A great one. Question number two: What is the best attribute for a manager to have, and what manager best embodies that attribute?
2: All right, starting right now. Okay. The best attribute that a manager can have, and I'm saying this as someone who has done this with experience, is theatricality. Not just big, flamboyant, talking big, but an understanding of what it takes to put on the show. Sometimes that means talking big. Sometimes that means dressing up. Sometimes that means just focusing on the game and giving your players exactly what you need. You are managing not just the players, but the situations and the show. And there is no manager... And I think it's unfair to include a lot of the newer managers here because they only just got started and the season's been cut pretty short all the way. But mm-hmm. when you look at the managers who have experience, when you look at the managers who have had an opportunity to prove themselves, there is no manager who has done better than Tom Dagnino. He knows how to build a story. He knows how to build drama. And he knows how to put together a winning faction and support that faction within an inch of its life. Tom Dagnino is the face of the heels. And now he's becoming a face of the faces with his new faction.
0: Okay. The face of the faces of the heels of the faces feels like if that's not kayfabe inception, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome pick. I cannot wait. It's like you're in support of Roka's manager. So that's going to be pretty interesting to kind of hear you kind of go against that Roka, who, yeah. who, what attribute do you pick? Uh,
3: all right. So I'll tell you the one attribute that I know, well is that you have to as a manager you have to get everybody on the same page going in the same direction on board study with them get everybody involved in study groups and put it all together i've seen no manager better at doing that than emma fife the fife club is a faction to be admired respected and revered and for people to aspire to who are coming in and creating new factions. Before the Five Club, faction members didn't get together and study on the weekends and take the take those buzzers home and drill each other with those buzzers and the questions and what have you. They did incredible work all coming together, and it led to what Bibione loves to slobber all over, which was the Shirewolves winning a tag team title and supposedly changing the game for the better. All this kind of stuff that happened happened because of the Five Club, and Emma had an incredible job taking all these disparate talents and intelligently knowledgeable people – putting them all together, getting them going in the same direction. And it led to belts and it led to the best records for all those players who were involved.
0: Okay. Everyone in the chat thought you were legit going Roxy for like good minute.
3: (laughs) Roxy hasn't hasn't won much. Yeah. (laughs) Five Um, has won stuff.
0: Well, doesn't I care? I mean, all these, like there's so many options for wonderful managers, obviously current uh, currents, new managers and former managers, obviously. But yeah, these are two of some of the most, Iconic managers Schmodown has ever seen. Okay. Well, you guys have four minutes to make your arguments. Um, Gucci uh, with theatricality, you know, that whole thing with, you know, working with his team and knowing what his team needs, but also with, um, with Emma Fife. And I like the core words I put down is pretty much team philosophy. Is that okay?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Starting now, we got four okay. minutes.
2: Roka put it this way. He said the most important thing is trust. Trust sounds real nice. Let me explain why trust is overrated. Uh, Tom (laughs) D'Angelo has put together a faction of champions, a faction of big personalities who we saw earlier this year fighting each other within an inch of their lives over things that honestly shouldn't have even mattered that much. Huge egos, huge talents, huge personalities clashing with each other. Is there a lot of trust there? No. People were fighting over who didn't want Tom to be their manager in that match. But you know what Tom did? Tom inspired these people to be passionate about the game, not to get complacent, to keep not just their eye on the prize, but to keep them in the limelight at a time where there weren't a lot of narratives and storylines going on in the schmoedown. Roka's faction has remained the most prominent faction, not just because they're winning matches. They are, and I think we can all say that Tom Dagnino is a big part of that, but also because Tom is keeping them at the forefront of the game, every other faction right now, and yeah, the the season's been cut short a bit, but every other faction right now is gunning for second, and you know who isn't gunning for second right now? Emma Fife, because she left. She had people who were looking to trust her. All right. That's, enough. That's enough. That's enough of your nonsense. That's enough of your nonsense. Let's jump
3: in here and tell you the truth about this situation. Finstock now- was lucky to have us all on the faction, <laughs> and we do the job. We carry that team, not Finstock. Finstock just shows up in whatever clothes he's got for the day and does his thing, steps in front exactly. of a and walks down in front of the camera, and he messes, up, and he messes things up. But job. Emma Fife does theatricality even better than Finstock. She's better sports? than Finstock and she gets people on top of their game. She gets them focused. You're saying you not not your right wouldn't have had, she you're wouldn't saying have saying had communication issues right in the draft. She wouldn't have had communications in the draft. She wouldn't have selected me fourth. We would have had talked all that philosophy out. The reason Finstock, which you're crowing about was so amazing in this situation. He actually got bailed out by everybody else on the team having our own, having our own team separate. Text you messages, just said it clarifying right on all. No, he, was, he was nowhere to get out. Called out all the you time in a position to excel. Communication not get to get issues, but Emma Fife never had any of those communication issues. Emma Five was always on on top of her team, always communicating with her team, always inspiring mm-hmm. her team, supporting her team. She's took time out of her day, extra hours. I haven't seen Finstock other than matches. Emma Five okay. goes And, and who takes time benefited on
2: her from that and gets them Charles all Charles squared away? I, I take Fyfe? care of
3: myself. She she Emma Fife
2: got them to that pinnacle, got them to that match. What did she get? She a a put together a winning team, team. Are a huge winning team. know, so
3: put champions
2: them all together got them away,
3: and got them going in the same thing. Dagnino just shows up for the paycheck. The, Fife actually That's manages her team. That's the difference. That's, okay. the difference. That's the difference.
0: Let's just kind of go one at a time again. Um, let's go ahead and let, uh, focus on bids for, for a bit. Just for a bit. Go ahead, Bibs. Do your thing.
2: I thought I made my point perfectly. Uh, listen, just because there is infighting in the faction doesn't mean that that faction isn't strong. And I would argue that the sense of competition that is stemming from not getting enough attention from Tom Dagnino is the kind of thing that directors do in storylines, in movies all the time, in order to get the best performances out of their team. I would argue that John Roca is as good, if not better, than he has ever been under Tom Dagnino. He's better than he's ever been right now. Tom but D'Agnino, I'll tell you, as the person who's in that, that relationship, and even if okay. you see that as a coincidence, he hacked okay. his faction. He got the right people. And if you're saying you're doing all the work, that means he picked the right people for his faction. <laughs> that is an important thing for a manager to do.
0: Okay, let's go ahead and focus on Roca, Kelsey, I want to give uh, Roca an extra 30 seconds, Okay.
3: Yeah, well, here's the deal. Uh, you can say that, but you've never been managed by Bibby uh, by uh, uh, Finstock, so you have no idea what you're talking about. Me being Even in here in this situation, in this situation, I have not been man- you have not been managed by Finstock in this situation. I was managed by Finstock, and I can tell you this right now: the man does not know necessarily how to manage as well as Emma Five does. Emma Five takes care of her people, gets them in the right frame of mind, trains them up so everybody is focused and knows the answers to the questions, knows to, how to challenge. Gets all, all everybody on board, and that's important. You got everybody to buy into the philosophy of being great, and then you train everybody up so they are at the top of their game by the time they walk through that curtain. Finsock has never done that for us. He just relies on us doing our own One training, time. and then he just shows up there to walk us out. Boom.
0: Okay. <laughs> you want to do some yoga poses, guys? Okay. What's it? <laughs> I'll
3: do. I'll do my. Da- I'll do my uh, downward dog right there.
0: Vogue. <laughs>
3: <laughs> awesome. We're gonna be done in okay. an hour at this rate.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh a lot of things were said. Um th- th- those were two real you guys made a lot of really, really solid points. I mean, um but also I mean like it like you said, Roke, at the end of the day, you are one that is being managed by one of the most iconic, by arguably the most iconic manager uh, Shmona has ever seen. But also Bibs, you've mentioned Fife, she has wasn't on for very long, you know, technically as a manager. However, when she did manage, she did, um, um, sorry, uh, did so much, obviously, for uh, for her teams and really honing it, sorry, the other way around, yes, uh did said that, and also Gucci you said that as well, but uh Gucci, in particular, he's worked with a whole bunch of competitors, you know, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different you know levels of talent, you know different you know um groups of people, so really helping each of the competitors. Like you said, Bibs, like stay focused. Like you said, um, stay focused and help keep the egos in check and everything is definitely stuff, especially with a team of champions. It can definitely it can definitely be difficult to kind of rein them in, Um, uh, like you said. But at the end of the day, you know, kind of uh, kind of keep everyone in check as well. But also five clubs. guys. Nice.
3: Guys, this is a debate. I wanna make sure yes. in the chat. This well, is a yes. debate, okay. guys. Well, like I mean, movie fights. I wanna make sure that's clear. Like yes. movie yes. fights. So well, let's wanna point out Roka, like you
0: said earlier. Um, um i was say like, Roka, like you said, you're the one here that is currently being managed by Gucci. Bibbs has never yeah. been managed by Gucci. So Everything Bibs is saying, he's like taking it as someone from the outside looking in. You're looking from the inside out. So these are very two very different perspectives off of the same manager. Um, just kind of going into the chat, you know, what's a face?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Danny.
0: Um, You know, there's a lot of love, uh, you know, from the chat, you know, regarding, uh, you know, Finsock Exchange, a lot of love for Nerd Chronic since it was his birthday, yesterday's happy birthday, and Eric again. Um, A lot of love for Dagnino here, you know, Dagnino for our manager of the year. Come on, man, come on. Where's the love for all these people? Um, It's like, remember, um, also, remember when Emma got uh, locked in the closet by Finsock? I mean, come on.
2: Let's be honest here. She wasn't a manager yet, though.
3: Yeah, Thank not you. when that happened. She was a commentator. Yep, true. That's true. That's not very that true. Cool. But to be
2: fair, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But at the she end of the day, broken wing yeah. and bibs is spitting fire. Okay.
2: Sorry about that. I, I didn't mean to spit so much.
0: <laughs> you know what? Okay, um, like, we're going to be going into our closing statements. Yes. I mean. there's so much you can really kind of dive into now again, no inject uh, no interjecting um, in the closing statements. We're going to be starting with bibs for your closing statement. You do have 60 seconds to, I'm sorry.
2: No, no, you're right. Sorry. I was remembering the, the scheduling. Right. No, it's fine. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You have 60 seconds to make your closing statement.
2: Okay.
0: And starting right now.
2: Roka is saying that I don't see what's going on because I'm not in the faction, but you know what I do see? Uh, winning. I see Roca having his first title defense in history under Tom Dagnino's careful management. I see you being successful, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Emma is a great manager. I'm not arguing that. She's an important manager. I'm not arguing that, but I think that the things that make Emma a great manager was also the theatricality. Emma didn't just train her team. You know what she did? She put it online. She made people see that she was training the team. That created this myth of the Fife Club and the Shirewolves as myth ideal faction. And that was not based on trust. That was based on putting on a show. Tom Dagnino puts on an even better show. What we've seen it. He he locked them in a closet in order to steal the limelight for his own faction. He successfully stole the entire show for an entire huge event. He is casting the right people in his faction and he is trusting them to do their job if that means him staying out of the way that's what he does he's the best
0: and time spitting fire indeed all right Roka, you two has 60 seconds to make your closing statement it. Starting...
3: Right, well look you got it
0: kelsey you ready yep all right go ahead
3: and look, you got to balance everything out when you look at a thing. Who's great on the mic? Finstock is great on the mic. You know who else yeah. is great on the mic? Emma Fife. Emma Fife is fantastic on the mic as well, interviewing people and dropping promos. You also, you know, who else is great doing those cut scenes? Emma Fife, Finstock as well. You know who else is great managing? Not stock. Certainly Emma fike Absolutely. Emma Fike takes care of business when she needs to. It wasn't a myth. That was real. I saw those title defenses from the Shire Wolves. That was real. That was no myth. She got them to that position. She got them to the position when people talking about the Shire Wolves over the Patriots. That's Emma Fife working with that team, getting them in a cohesive unit, and having her other faction members train them as well to get them all knowledgeable about everything and about all the slices, all the knowledge, talking strategy, getting everything involved. That was incredible. Dagnita was handed these champions, but Emma Five built champions. There's a difference. And when you build a champion through trust, through communication, and through a shared philosophy, then you get great results. Emma Five did that. That's why she's the best.
0: In time.
2: Who's looking forward to backstage this week?
0: <laughs> I gotta know. Okay, I gotta know. We, we're just we're done with this question here, but I gotta know at the end of the day, if Roka, if you could pick a new manager right now, past or present, who would you choose?
3: Or he not you telling you it? that? I'm not yeah. telling you that, Alex expect You don't get the scoop. What I don't know. We've already Alex, had right? him on chill, Alex. <laughs> um, no, <I'm laughs> chill. How many viewers? How many viewers do we have? How many viewers do we have?
1: Uh, 95, Ninety-five currently.
3: I'm going to need to get over two hundred before I give you that scoop. So let's get, <laughs> okay. let's get to two hundred. Come viewers. on, guys! Come 200. On. 200. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Don't have to. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Like I said, I included the past, so you could say go in a lot of directions. What about you, Bebs?
2: uh well the, the question is if I could have any manager past present, or future uh Roca
0: oh I, I would think love Roka has the
2: potential to be the absolute best manager we've ever had because he's got those theatrics down. he builds trust, he really cares about the game. I would trust him to be in my corner if we were back in a faction now. That earlier we were still figuring out what the hell a faction was now i would doesn't he would be the best person to have in your corner and he knows the game inside and out he will he's lost so many bullshit challenges so many times <laughs> he, will fight he will fight for us and he will call it out every single time and i think the two of us like together now would be totally awesome but i will say this again I didn't include in this conversation any manager who just got started this year. It's not mm-hmm. fair the the, yeah. the new ones the mo- no one had more than like three matches so far, so yeah. I love koi. I am happy with koi. I think koi has a lot of potential here, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't have the record to argue so <laughs> no,
0: absolutely a fun, absolutely a fun for sure um yeah. also uh drew wants to throw her hat in the rank, you know the group or best manager.
3: Drew will do anything that'll put her on right camera. <laughs> Drew will do anything that'll put her on camera. She knows it. She loves it. She's, she's, wonderful. I love she's Drew.
0: wonderful. Yes, and I okay. And I'm sorry, Dean Morgan. I am not trying to make him rage. I just like seeing people argue to the death, to the blood, oh, all all things show down Every single Wednesday at nine thirty central. What's up? All right. So okay. Uh, Again and now, I know a lot of people are asking in the chat specifically, where can I vote? I already made. I I decided I want to go with this person. You can vote on Twitter right now, or you can wait towards the end of the all three arguments. Totally fine, up to you. Whatever is easier for you. Um, Okay, so we're going to go into our third and final question, and my favorite question. I love this question okay now for a third and final question uh we're gonna be starting with oh before we started our opening statements we're gonna be tossing this coin now if you're not if you're not, if you're not familiar with what this magical golden coin is um luke's and i we are patrons of the action industries with andrew guy and ben Bateman and all the wonderful awesome stuff that they do and so we have this magical coin and so team guy and team bateman right hither Whammy! So definitely go check them out. It's all done in a bag of chips. Really cool stuff here. Now, um, now, um, so I just want to let you guys know. Um, prior to recording, we decided that Roca is going to be flipping for Bateman right team there. Trader. Team Trader, right there, yeah, and man. also bids obviously went to the <laughs> superior team guy. Now, whoever lands face up will decide.
3: Wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute, Alex. <laughs> Guy is also a face, so they're both traders, by the way. So
0: okay.
1: flip
3: it.
0: I will kick you off. No. <laughs> all right, so, um, like I mentioned, whoever like gets face up, Thank they you. will decide if they want to go opening, uh, they want to go first or second for their opening statement. All right, <laughs> I'm horrible at flipping. I'm sorry, it's a big coin. Answer is Team Guy.
2: Nice. Oh. all yeah. right, bibs. Uh, I'll go first, if you don't mind.
0: I go first? Okay. okay. Kelsey, please do the honor in reading our third and final question. Will
1: do. Question three. What down personality is most likely to be big in Japan?
0: You can go in a lot of directions with this question. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, Lucas actually came up with this question, and he was so proud. <laughs> 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 he was big like, in Japan, and I was like, it's a fun time. All right. Again, you can go a lot of different directions with this one, but Bibbs, which direction did you decide to go with? Please, let us know.
2: For for this particular question, I think it's important to define the parameters. What does it mean to be big in Japan? And the saying is used to describe people who tend to be unappreciated in their hometown or their home country and are appreciated by another group of people uh, elsewhere, perhaps more Mm -hmm. justifiably because they're very talented. There's a lot of talented people in the Schmodown, but there's no one who I think uh, gets there's Brian Chandler deserves way more respect than she has ever gotten in this league. That's my, that's my argument here. I think she should have all the fans. I think she should be part of uh, the hall of fame discussion. There's only three people who've ever won a free for all Brianne Chandler, Sam Levine, Dan Merle. She's got the chop. She's very talented. She raised the game for theatricality. She raised the game for the entrances. She was integral to setting up the Patreon in the first place. She has contributed infinitely to the schmodown And for whatever reason, when we talk about the greatest people who played the game, we do not discuss her. Why? Because she never technically won a belt. And that's why she'd be big in Japan somewhere else where they would appreciate her for everything she's done.
0: In time. Oh, great choice. Absolutely. Underappreciated. Indeed. I love her so much. One of my favorite competitors. I wish she would come back. Who knows in the future. Uh, All right. Okay. Roka, who did you choose? for most well, let me, In I- Japan.
3: Well, I chose Paul Oyama, former singles champion, and I'm going to actually answer the question rather than stand for a friend of mine. I'm going to tell you the actual answer to this question, and that is, and you can start the clock whenever you want, Kelsey. This whole thing is that Paul Oyama is Japanese himself by descent. He is a big fan of Japanese movies. He wears those sunglasses, wears that kick-ass jacket when he walks into the ring. He exudes calm, cool, and driven like the Tokyo Drifter. If you ever watch that movie, he's a hitman. He's an assassin taking care of business. It is, Craig Bills. And he is fantastic as that, which is why I think he'd be great in Japan as well. He's also young. And the Japanese people love the young kids they can glom onto early and watch them grow. And do I knew you see it all the time at NJPW, uh, in that conference, in that Federation of Wrestling. You see what japanese characters can do and how big they get over paul oyama would understand how to get big in that country he'd be huge and he would be a good first step towards us establishing a schmodown branch in that country of japan paul oyama would be the ambassador to do it all he's he's intelligent well-spoken smart brilliant and he wins titles
0: in time hmm two very different approaches to this question and two very different answers yes. i'm excited to see you guys argue okay, okay. i gotta know kelsey let's mm-hmm. be honest if anything you would probably the biggest like big in japan uh absolutely i could totally Thanks. be like a rock star over.
1: oh thank you <laughs> do you want to go to
0: japan one day or you do you want to go hang out in osaka or tokyo or absolutely something one day?
1: can you get that hooked up for me because that would be great maybe not right now but eventually yeah. i'd love to go for sure <laughs>
0: It really awesome to go sit down and have some uh, awesome seafood with both Oyama and Brianne Chandler. So I can definitely see them both being huge in Japan. All right. You guys got four minutes to make your argument. Kelsey, my love, please give the timer. And uh, you guys got it going.
2: Okay, we brought up Tokyo Drifter, which, by the way, awesome movie. Great shout out. (laughs) If anyone sees that, because we brought it up here today, I think it's on the Criterion channel right now. Check it out. Please do. I'm going to bring up another movie, Anvil, the story of Anvil, one of the greatest rock documentaries of all time, about a group of people who are unappreciated in America, but overseas, they are gods. That is what I'm talking about when I talk about big in Japan. And I was concerned about this question because there's a couple of different ways to take this, and I'm taking it from the perspective of musical groups who are big overseas but are underappreciated in their home country. So, for the record, Brianne Chandler is unappreciated, or at least underappreciated here in America. Paulo Yama won a belt. He had one of the greatest rookie seasons in all of history. He's popular here. Of course he'd be popular anywhere else because he's popular here. Is he the most popular swimming player ever? No, because that's just Dan Merle and Rachel. Like, that's it. Everyone else is gunning for, like, third. So that right it's not much of a boast. You could just say that Dan Merle would be big in Japan or that Rachel Cushing would be big in Japan or that anyone who is really good at the game and has done really, really well at the game would be really big in Japan. Roka would be big in Japan just based on. That was on like two seconds Japan. of my argument, but okay, yeah. Roka <laughs> is, would be big in Japan just based on his bigness. He's great. Everyone loves Roka. How dare you? But not everybody appreciates, appreciates Brienne Chandler, which is why I think that you'd have to go to a community, like a different kind of Facebook community, to people who would see what she has contributed to the game. Okay? Before Brienne Chandler popularized theatrical entrances, enormous, like detailed cosplay, Uh, She was the first female heel we ever had. She was enormously instrumental to setting up the monetization that has kept the Schmodown going in the first place. And for whatever reason, we do not talk about her when we talk about Hall of Famers. I understand Mount Rushmore is reserved for people who have the best records in Schmodown history. Breanne has a pretty good record, but her contributions go way beyond that. And I think she's underappreciated here, and she should be appreciated wherever she goes. All
3: right. That's a fair, uh, I, I don't disagree that uh, brand doesn't get a hundred percent of the credit that she deserves, but I also think if you don't get that credit gets, cause the fans don't necessarily gravitate to you. And I would argue with Here. you that we are a, Hey, we are, a, I'll let you talk for two minutes. We are a global league and being a global league. I don't see a strong fan base for her in Japan, but I have seen a strong fan base for Paul Oyama in Japan already from some of the fans who've communicated to me on the Outlaw Nation how much they enjoy Paul Oyama and what he's done in the league. And yeah, somebody instead said there, oh, it's a lazy choice. Your wife, your wife says it's a lazy choice. I'm sorry your wife feels that way, but it's the right choice. It's 100% the right choice. Paul Oyama respects and reveres the Japanese culture. That's what you want. You want a guy who's going to walk in there and immediately be respected by the culture, by the people there, by the citizens there, and he's going to to be huge, and not everybody who goes overseas becomes big. You're taking a massive chance that this theatricality of entrance might actually work. Maybe they don't like her theatricality of entrance. Maybe they don't enjoy her cosplay. Maybe they don't enjoy the things that she's trading. That's certainly possible. With Paulo Yama, though, it's already built in, and that's why he would be big.
2: He would Me, but here's the problem: you're looking at stomping like Godzilla, at and Japanese people right love a winner. They love a winner. The question is, they who's love a winner likely to be, to be over there. Summer. Summer. Yeah, and Paulo Yama is the most likely is it's the not most likely oh, I happen There's to one belt okay. to one let's real belt pause for a
0: minute pause for a minute guys okay yeah but just pausing for a minute okay now you guys uh, I do kind of want to go back and forth just a little bit because I uh, I definitely agree with both you guys on these are wonderful picks um um just kind of pointed out because you guys are approaching it a little bit different. Um, I do want Roka, I do kinda of want you to kind of focus on uh just a little bit emphasize more why a uh, Brianne Chandler wouldn't be all that great in Japan. Um even like kind of go from be like, being under can't. being underappreciated, but also yeah. like maybe if you can talk about uh like I hate to say downplay her attributes, but
1: because I feel like
3: if you um, want me to do so that, weird. I don't want to do it, My but truth. I can do it. I don't want to do it, but I can do it. As long as... This is just a debate and we're having fun and everybody understands is, that's things all I'm saying are it not is. to be taken seriously. And I certainly don't want this to be mm-hmm. something that people use against brand in any way, shape, or form. But I can do that mm-hmm. if we're just having the debate. That so is the case. We're, we're just, not this okay, is okay, not if we're just having we're the we're debate. Thinking. Here's the deal: Japanese people respect a winner, they don't respect someone who quits because it gets tough or because it's hard. The Japanese people are tough people, they've survived nuclear wars, they've survived bombs on their country to come out of it and climb out of the rubble. Mm-hmm. They didn't shirk when they got. Upset or unsettled by something that came forward. Paulo Yama does that. Paulo Oyama's taken hits, lost titles, changed characters. He's even better and more loved. Now he's a driven, determined winner. And he took the country, he took this league by storm. And he won a real belt, not a made-up belt that you got from the fabrics and mics and built yourself, which is what happened behind the scenes. He won a real belt that was just, that was agreed upon by everybody involved in the Schmiddon. He didn't create a belt just so he could feel good about himself. He cre- he won that belt that was there to win, and he did it and showed that he can do it and he's
0: Kelsey, strong. Kelsey, um, I did not give uh Bibbs enough time to kind of uh, kind of give any kind of follow-up to that. Can you give her give him um uh can you give oh, him yeah. 30 seconds yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. Sure. But also you. um Bibbs just kind of kind of that like Roka mm-hmm. would uh I mean like with uh Roka's argument in favor of Oyama like why wouldn't he be I mean just like going in that direction where why wouldn't he be successful in Japan.
2: Okay. Uh, the the argument isn't who would be successful in Japan. The argument is who's most likely to be big in Japan. It's and semantics. that is reserved. It's in urban dictionary. It's on, I think Wikipedia, referring to people who are not appreciated where they are and are appreciated elsewhere. Palayama is appreciated here. He won a belt, Roka's right, he won a belt outright. He has fans here. He's very successful here. That right there is just basically kind of disqualifying right now. Yeah, okay, he's popular in Japan, but I'm not going to be presumptuous enough to tell people in Japan what to think and what the, what they're going to say. Am I done? Do I get my whole sixty seconds for rebuttal there? Or? Yeah, you,
0: you still have oh, rebuttals.
2: Okay, I'm good now. Okay, so yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that.
0: Not yet.
2: Not yet. Oh, not yet. I'm sorry. My bad. No, is that
0: you? We still have our closing statements. I just want to let you said. guys know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of asked you guys like when I didn't realize how low the time was when I asked you guys that question. So it was my bad completely. Okay. These are both awesome picks. <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings for both of them, and I uh, just want to let you guys know if you're watching this. Again, like, this is not in kayfabe. Uh, Again, just want to remind you, everything Roka and Bibb saying, this is just for the argument's sake. This is not going outside of this. You can't really apply this towards, like, being like, oh, Roka's being mean about Brian Chandler. No, Uh, uh, Bibb's is being mean about Oyama. No, that's not the case. I just want to just solidify that, you know, thought process when selecting a winner and, like, going outside in social media and all that fun stuff. Exactly. Just want to reaffirm. Okay, well, we're gonna make our closing statements again. We're gonna be um, we're gonna be wrapping it up with bibs for your closing statement, and you can make any final, you know, any final statements to really kind of poke any holes as well.
2: Okay. All right. Roca is arguing the literal question. I am arguing the platonic ideal of the figurative version of this question, which is again someone who doesn't have the success that they deserve where they're from, but elsewhere they deserve it and that's the question who is most likely to be big in japan not who is currently big in japan because he's big here too i think that's a difference i think that's an enormous difference and i think that's kind of a cheat i think that's just saying paul is really really great yeah i think we all acknowledge that and one of the best rookie seasons ever brianne doesn't get the acknowledgement she deserves she is more akin to anvil this amazing band that finally got some recognition elsewhere than she is just some concert goer who could sell out someplace anywhere because they're just that popular and that well-known and that well-respected. I think the issue amongst the question is who deserves more respect than they get and who deserves it wherever they could find it. And for me, that can only be more than anyone else in the league, Brian Chandler.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That makes complete sense. Absolutely. All right. Over to you, Roca. Roka. You have one minute to really solidify in the noggins your answer.
3: All right. Well, this is a funny, funny thing that Bibbs brings up because he goes, in a hypothetical world, figuratively, when I dream in fantasy land and think about it and write about it on my train rides like J.K. Rowling, I'm dealing with the reality of what's happening here. And the reality is what Smodown personality is most likely to be big in Japan and Yama is most likely to be big in Japan. Not only is he a son of Japan, he is also a warrior and a fighter and he respects it. He's a silent warrior like most of the great Japanese heroes are only called upon when they needed take care of business and when they're in there he's a silent assassin like i mentioned the tokyo drifter as opposed to brianne chandler brianne chandler had a chance yes first female here in the league but also shirked at what she was supposed to do and ran away when it got too tough that's the shame of it. Then she had a belt that she built out of a fabric store to make herself feel better in case she won it and happened to con- coincidentally win it that year. So those kinds of things, the Japanese people don't respect you kissing your own ass. They don't. They respect you winning and doing things that you're supposed to do and playing along and not creating things that glorify yourself. They're a humble culture, but a proud culture, and polio that. Woo! Woo!
0: Um... I, I, Kelsey, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad I'm not like officially judging this.
1: Absolutely, I'm glad that my <laughs> it's so not my points. decision. I, I,
0: I'm going to my mind is going in a million different directions, um. But right. I'm glad. But um, if you're watching this, you have the power in your votes, in your hands, to determine who's going to walk away from these arguments a winner. Absolutely. So go ahead and go on Twitter and make your opinions known. And, uh, you know, while you're there, give us a follow. That that would be pretty cool as well. Okay. <laughs> um, now, uh, Drew, just popping. Drew is coming back again. I am arguing that the big in Japan is defined by Tom Waits.
3: Oh, Jesus. There you go.
0: I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Tom Waits is, but What? <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> what? Wow. Get up, millennial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, Tom Waits. I'm not, He's
0: I'm not. Ever, I'm not, I'm seen, not a, i I, was oh, like, I'm not a music did, person. Wait, I don't. I'm not. If a, I could I, take I the pole same position same here, Bibs, like have years you ever
3: seen Mystery Men? Alex Anderson, right? Mystery, Mystery Men,
2: 1999. Yeah, that's a Herkimer Battle Jitney.
3: He's the guy that trains that's giving them their weapons there when they go to the junkyard. That's Tom Waits. He's also one of the greatest
2: musicians of his generation, and you can exactly he albums at random and have your mind blown.
0: Hey, I who just discovered. That's the one. So, you know, it's I, I'm so late to the music no, game. It's I'm not, just,
2: I'm not listen, I, 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 think, I think, think it's a program I, myself. We're not trying to be gatekeepers. This is just a great opportunity for you to find out who John Waits is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Getting, did I say John? Well, <laughs> um, You said John Waits. That's My a, this is a great opportunity for you to, to find out who Tom Waits is and to listen to his music. He's brilliant. My personal favorite is Frank's Wild Years. I hope you check it out.
3: I like closing time. That, I think I'm writing it down.
0: Tom waits. Yeah, doing it now.
2: Right,
0: <laughs> and Bibs will slaughter me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Will Slaughter Me, S L. Get
3: used to this kind of singing. Slaughter Me
0: if I don't listen. Okay, no (laughs) (laughs) tip. All right, now, guys, um, we are going to be killing some time just a little bit um, while you guys go ahead over to our Twitter to vote, um, like I mentioned. And in the meantime, we're going to wait for you guys to go vote right now. You guys got 15 – sorry, not 15 minutes. You guys got five minutes – so go do it right now. Again, it's important to vote right now uh, because if you end up voting in like t- tomorrow or in three hours, it's not going to matter because we're not going to tell you all the votes in like three hours. We're telling it right after these five minutes. But in the meantime, you guys, Bibs, Hi. How you doing?
2: <sighs> Rogan does not make this easy. Right. <laughs> Ditto, That's my true. brother. Ditto. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm. I've got the vapors right now. I. Uh, yeah, whew, I'm gonna. I gotta get back to work after this. So this is. Um, whew,
0: a lot of strong emotion, you have work. Arguing, arguing. You know, with uh, some pretty. When you're passionate of something, definitely you can kind of do that to the body for sure. What about you, Roka? How do you feel about making your arguments?
3: Let me tell you all something. I am four centuries old, and it is tough. To argue sometimes <laughs> it emotionally takes it out. When I was 20, I did this like it was like drinking water. But now as I get older, it certainly exhausts me to go into this gear as strongly for such a consistent amount of time. And especially against such a great competitor like Bibbs. So uh, certainly I'm exhausted from the back and forth, but certainly had a great time going back and forth. with it. It's always great to have your knowledge and intelligence and your ability to think on your feet tested by someone who is just as good, if not better, uh, than you. And it's fun to do that. So I, I really had a good time tonight. Uh, but I probably will have to take a long hot shower afterwards uh, to relax.
0: Yeah. Well, it's – we all do. I just want to <laughs> let you know, you know, you're definitely not four centuries old. You do not act four centuries old. If anything, someone thinks you're five centuries old at least. <laughs> So
3: <laughs> Chris Paul is barely five years old. Give me a break. He just got his first paper yesterday, for God's sake, Chris Ball. Well, you know. Have you ever kissed a girl, Chris Wall? Anyway, go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, but also, um, Drew, um, I let's only talk Tom Waits. Again, I will definitely be doing some Googling after this. Uh, and yes, Kelsey, thank you. You guys got three there's minutes. Only left.
3: one T in Tom Waits, Drew.
0: <laughs> I was like, what kind of music does Tom Waits make? I don't know. Is it like singer-songwriter? Is it like I I don't even is, know. Is it's a guy. He is, he a is a singer-songwriter. Songwriter. Oh, okay. What kind of uh, yeah, genre and- is it?
3: Well, he changes uh, like Bob Dylan does through the years. I don't know if you know who Bob Dylan is, but like Tom waits, <laughs> when he's <laughs> two- <laughs> no, Tom Tom waits starts out his first time closing time is way more relaxed. Tom waits and oh, okay. later, as the years progress, his voice gets more gravelly and deeper, but also the subject matter gets way more expansive mm-hmm. uh, and uh, emotional for sure. So that's what's so great about Tom waits. The progression. Uh, Martha is probably my favorite song. Makes me cry every time. Martha is uh-huh. one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Meatloaf did a phenomenal cover of it as well. But it's about this guy running into an ex-girlfriend of his or a woman he used to love very much and seeing how different they are and how they've moved on from their lives, but still he misses her. Uh, yet she's moved on. So it's like a beautiful, heartbreaking uh, uh, song. So, but there's
2: other I great love ones those too. songs about, about breaking your heart a little
0: bit for sure. Yeah, Do you have well, favorite
2: yeah. had- song. Uh, yeah, "Innocent yeah. When You Dream, I think it is the ultimate tavern moment. Oh, great one. It's just, it'll make you cry. Even the first time you hear it, It just it's just about uh, regret and lost innocence. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful.
0: Well, I mean, like now more than ever, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely going to go back and listen uh-huh. to Googling and check out these songs. But I don't know if I want to listen to music where I'm going to end up crying in a corner and, I hear
2: you. I really do. With, like,
0: the, on my tenth, like, white claw in like five minutes? You know <laughs> what kind of music should I listen to to kind of get me pets up and excited for the day?
2: Okay, listen. Listen to Tom Waits' "Temptation." That's Ooh. fun. That'll get you ready for partying. Okay. That'll get you ready for drinking. That's a fun one.
3: <laughs> All right. I, I think any. I think anything um, from the Tiger King. Certainly some some fun uh, fun songs in the Tiger
2: King. <laughs> <laughs> listen to <laughs> listen to uh, the uh, underappreciated uh, <laughs> one hit wonders here. Dexys Midnight Runners. They did come on all Eileen. That's all anyone knows oh. this here. They have three albums. Every single album is perfect. Ooh. I don't disagree with them on that one. Yeah, There was a decade called the 80s, Alex.
3: <laughs> the 80s? What?
0: Cool.
3: Oh, oh my God. Wow. was it Madonna in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I,
0: I um, feel really bad. I, I can't you guys, we got one minutes left to vote. Vote, Go, do it! I would it. throw in,
3: I would throw in Journey as a as a, a band that has great oh, music yeah. that picks you up. Uh, yeah. That's another one that you could go on. Old yeah. Journey or,
0: Journey?
3: or like, New Journey? Old, old Journey, new Journey, not New Journey. Old Journey. I mean, <laughs> the entire soundtrack for uh, Vision Quest. That song on the soundtrack for Vision Quest is the greatest running song ever written. Only the young can say. Brilliant mm-hmm. running song.
0: Okay, mm. I'm definitely going to be putting together a nice Spotify playlist coming to yeah. you guys soon, and I'm going to be listening to all of these songs, and hopefully I will try not to cry in the shower, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? No guarantee. Martha, and Innocent When You Dream, who knows? All right, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get these votes together. In the meantime, um, Rocco, where yep. can we reach you and all the amazing things you're working on and all that good stuff?
3: Oh, Listen, I'm hustling like crazy, you know, uh, so you can yes, find yes me sir. at the Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. But please, all of you, come on over to the YouTube channel. I'm doing so many shows there, I'm trying to create my own outlet from scratch, uh, www.youtube.com slash Says. I got offered from other outlets to come and do some freelance work for them, but I'm sacrificing that to create my own outlet. I want to create my own voice as a Latino in this business, in this industry. I want to create my outlet as a Latino-owned outlet to do whatever it can do in this business to cover movies, review movies, be a critic, whatever, but also create great shows and content on there as well. So I'm very focused. on trying to do that. I'm probably sacrificing some money, but it's, it's what I want to do and I'm taking a chance on that. So if any of you want to come over and subscribe, I'd be most appreciative. Shout out to the call action army.
0: Yeah. The army is strong and we love everyone with, we are so grateful to the Schmodown community and we're just grateful to the Schmodown people. I mean, you guys, you guys really kind of brought us together and really made us a family. So we can't be more grateful um, for sure. And over to you, Bibbs. Um, you know, I know you are doing a million things. Just like Roca, you're doing a million and one amazing things, starting your uh, own, doing everything, starting from scratch, like you said. Um, Bibbs, what are you working on and how can we be a part of your world?
2: Okay. Uh, well, uh, right now I'm mostly working uh, on the critically acclaimed Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed Network, uh, we have a ton of free shows on that network, on wherever you can find find podcasts, critically acclaimed, we review new movies, we've got mail, we answer your mail, cancel too soon, we review TV shows that lasted one season or less, most recently, we have an episode about Star Wars droids, uh, and we have a brand new so- show that we just debuted on that network called Episode Zero, where we are reviewing the films that inspired Star Wars, one new film every oh, single cool. week. So we're using Star Wars to teach about film history, and I'm really excited about that. But over at the Patreon, we have a ton of exclusive content. We've got All Our Yesterdays, a podcast where we review every single episode of Star Trek in production order. Only the best, where we're reviewing every single film ever nominated for Best Picture in chronological order. Out of Gas, our new Firefly podcast. We're doing every episode of Firefly. Uh, we've oh, got a show. We've missed on- all our shows. I'll do that yeah. after. Well, I- <laughs> go ahead. We're doing not <laughs> on Disney Plus. Please, a like, please do, <laughs> It's a monthly show in which we talk about Disney material that, for no particularly good reason, is not on Disney Plus. We also do commentary tracks. We just dropped a commentary track for Citizen Kane. That is me and my, uh, my co host, Whitney Seibold. And, of course, uh, we're on Twitter at Critic Acclaim, and I'm at William Viviani.
3: Oh, sorry. Well, on the outlaw nation, outlaw, you can certainly come on in. For those of you who are the top ten, if you haven't uh, been aboard the top ten train, we're doing that podcast for four years. Now, me and Matt Nost, we pick a particular uh, theme for the week, and we count down the top ten movies. We don't tell each other our lists. We show up, surprise each other, then combine the list At the end of the show, it's certainly a fun conversation at the end trying to combine our list to fight for our choices. Cinephiles is another show I've been doing for about three years now, Steve Morris and I. Steve is a director here in town in Los Angeles, and we take one classic movie, one great movie, and break it down. Anywhere from two to four to five hours. We just did Spartacus. That was a five-hour podcast. We split into nice. two parts. Uh, that's so <laughs> much fun remembering films. So if you enjoy we just Hunt for Red October is coming out this weekend. So come and join us there at the Cinephiles. And on the Outlaw Nation channel, uh, I've been doing mornings with the Outlaw every morning, 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., Thank you to Jake Yacaveta, who's been incredible with the overlays and the thumbnails for that. Uh, Also, shout out to Paul DiNuzio and Billy Belford, who've been incredibly supportive with my stuff there. Also got the Outlaw Nation show. Just had Roxy Stryer on last night. That's every Tuesday's. From six PM to eight PM, I've got Ken mm-hmm. Napsaw coming on next week, uh, and of course, I've got the uh, I've got the uh, Geek Buddies as well over there on the Animation Show. Michael Vogel is an executive in animation who's been doing it for a number of years. My friend Shannon McClung is an actor and a writer as well of numerous episodes of animated TV. The three of us go uh, get into it about geek news every week. And the number one show? No, it's not the number one show, but certainly one of my favorite shows, and that is uh, the new one, Game Time, the sports show I do with. Uh, 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 Winston Marshall, N.J. Washington, Ben Goddard was on last week. A lot of fun doing that as well. So a lot of eclectic t- uh, shows in there and some pro wrestling strong style. Uh, we've got that on there as well. So there's a lot for you to enjoy movie-wise, entertainment-wise, sports-wise, pro wrestling-wise, all of that. And eventually maybe music-wise and maybe I'll get Alex on to come talk about Tom Waits and her journey into the Tom Waits uh, yeah. revoir, so to speak.
0: I'll be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Again, okay.
3: Just Weekend at Roka's, one last one. That's the new one that just started. Me and Drew, Video Drew, on Friday nights, get a little toasted uh, talking about whatever's going on in the world. She wants me to plug that. Don't plug it in.
0: Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, guys, I know there's a bunch of you guys in it. Um, no matter what you're into, maybe you're not a fan of Schmodown. Maybe you're more of a fan of sports, or maybe you're more a fan of um, Star Trek, whatever it may be. If you're into any of that stuff, any kind of combination of stuff, either one of these fine people is going to have something for you to love. So definitely check out their pages, check out their um, podcasts, all that good stuff. Because I know Critically claimed is one of my favorite podcasts. I remember telling that to you when I was, we were walking towards stage at the at the award show. I was like, oh, my gosh, Critically claimed, I love that podcast. It's so good. Um, I you were so Top 10 was literally was the first podcast that uh, I uh, actually just when I discovered Schmodown, that was the first podcast I actually jumped onto after I was Mm. like, oh, John Rocha, he's saying he's part of the top 10. I guess that's a real thing. So I'm going to listen to this podcast. And as a result, I listen to a bazillion podcasts now. So it's a wonderful world. We are a part of So awesome. Now (laughs) we have our votes. The moment of truth. The moment of truth is here. We have a winner. We have a loser. Uh, we were our round one. We had 129 votes. Wow. With 67% in favor of Bibs with Rachel's yep. Betrayal with Ken.
3: There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Very
0: nice. All right. For round number two with 106 points, sorry, with 106 votes with 50.9% of the votes. So (laughs) close. And this is why it's so important to vote every single one of you guys. Presents matter. It is. In favor of Bibs with Finstock.
2: Oh, bullshit. I thought I was going to lose that (laughs) one. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to lose that one. That's crazy.
0: Yes, and round number three. Oh, sorry. I just realized I have, like, I still have a question up. So, biggest Shmodan personality most likely to be in J- big in Japan with the winner of, with 55.4% of the vote. Oh, sorry. I actually read that that run wrong. With 65 votes, with 55.4% in favor of the vote. It is with John Roku with Yama. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: Lost by 0.9%.
0: Son of a bitch.
3: <laughs> yep. of my life.
0: So therefore, well- therefore bibs is walking away the winner congratulations yay
2: do i is the belt in the mail do i get a belt it's definitely coming to you it's <laughs> only belts right away. that's all we care about is belts okay <laughs> that's how it works here
0: congratulations bibs. you're going to be walking away with all the bragging rights in the world and you beat roca today and that's no so easy for okay. sure no what all it is-
3: right we- oh, Wait, what that put that, oh, put that joshua <laughs>
0: I I well,
3: I know, up there.
0: well, like this was a pretty intense match. I mean, um, obviously, like you mentioned, Biz, you're walking away the victor. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, you know, with uh, with all your arguments, or is there anything you would change about your arguments?
2: Who me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, listen. I listen. I, Roka made the point right here. It's like movie fights. We're we're mm-hmm. picking who we think we can argue best. It's not necessarily who we would pick. And I'm going to be honest here, one of the reasons I picked Tom Dagnino was because I thought it'd be really fun to see John Rocha tell about how he's not a good manager. And uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. What a delight this was. So uh, I, I feel pretty good about it. I, I stand by uh, my choices. That last question was tricky because I think we were both kind of on different pages about what the question actually meant. So it was a little difficult to debate that one. But mm-hmm. uh, Fair arguments on both sides. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did it. I'm really glad we got to do it with Roka. Luca, I'll feed you in a minute, buddy. <laughs> cat wants dinner. Sorry.
0: My cat is also in the room, only he's napping on that sweater he was fighting against earlier. And over to you, Roka. I mean, you are one of the most very vocal competitors in the game, um, you know, mm. obviously. So beating you when it comes to Shmodan, anything Shmodan-related, arguments as well, you know, it's uh, – Definitely one of the hardest things anyone can ever do in their lives. Is there anything you would change though with your arguments or anything Uh, going into today?
3: No, I think I presented it pretty well. Uh, You know, it's tough to win when you're the outlaw on a call to action podcast. So, you know, it's okay. I take my loss with a grain of salt. Uh, Somebody, Chris Adams, was saying that I was in the lead at the buzzer on question two, but somehow in the comments, uh, it got all messed around and less people voted per question. So maybe if more people had voted... Like Alex said, I might have come out of this thing the winner. Yes. And I think in the long run, when we take the votes again tomorrow, when more people watch this, I'll probably end up being the winner. So I'm going to sleep with that peacefully in my mind. Yeah. But uh, no, honestly, this was this was a lot of fun. I, I, I love uh, arguing this kind of stuff. and I it, it reminds me of movie fights, which I really enjoyed. Yes, I never really won on movie fights, but it was always great to go back and forth with people. Uh, I have my own reasons why I think I didn't win on movie fights, but we'll leave that for another time. But like I, I thought it was a lot of fun to do that. So this is kind kind of doing it again and and kind of, I don't know, working out this old muscle uh, in that way was fun to do. Uh, And I appreciate you all giving us the chance to do this. And it's always fun to go toe to toe with you on anything. uh, And losing by only 0.9% is not a bad thing uh, in my life. So that's a fun uh, overall thing. But I will say I want to make it very, very clear. What I said about Dagnino didn't mean a word of it. That was all just to debate it and to mm-hmm. try to win this thing, and that's what the game is. I that's love Dagnino game. as my manager. Uh, I wouldn't want anybody else uh, as my manager. He knows exactly how to talk to all of us when we're in those high-pressure situations, uh, and uh, he knows how to take care of business. Plus, I'm one know against Dagnino as a manager, so I'll take that record for myself. And the other thing, and I want to make it very, very clear, what I said about Brianne, it was in the debate format. All right, I respect that's Brianne absolutely. very much. We had a nice exchange yesterday over text. Uh, all that is just to win this debate. Certainly wasn't in any way, shape, or form meant to denigrate Brianna or anything that she's accomplished in the game. And I agree with Bibbs. She is underrated, underappreciated in this game. And maybe someday she'll get her appreciation. She'll get her. I know her losing those entrance awards is really graded on her over the years. So I totally feel her pain. In that way, so hopefully someday, you know, that will change, and people will maybe do a documentary on Brienne and what she was able to do as Miss Movies. That could be yeah. fun. Okay. Uh, I know that Eric spoke about that last night on his birthday uh, uh, podcast. Alex, you were there. He said that he mm-hmm. they are considering doing now to fill in the time, doing one documentary a month on a player. I certainly would nominate Brienne uh, to be one of those people that they cover in a documentary, as 100%. Bib said, so people could know everything that she's done in the, for the league and in the league.
0: Yeah. Yeah, She does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. that I think, I don't think a lot of people are aware of and everything she's contributed, especially now that we have a, there's a lot more people, new, um, new fans, new viewers and everything to the Shmodown community. So, you know, skipping on the greatness that is Brian Chandler is, is a little sad. Um, So we definitely need more of her and hopefully she comes back in some fashion, you know, um, only time will tell. So fingers crossed. Okay. Yeah. So again, bibs, thank you so much. Roka also fantastic and love you guys in every thank single you. way. We're going to wrap things up here again. Um, everyone who's which, um, who's watching us, please like, and subscribe. Uh, we have so much content here with C2A. We work really hard to put some stuff out for you guys in these weird and trying times. So come and hang out and laugh and make fun of us for a while because we know we do, <laughs> you know, uh, all right. And also, Kelsey, the love of my life, the gorgeous, the beautiful, the awesomely epic. Where can we find you? You no right, can job. find me. You can find me at Kelseykins90
1: on Twitter and Instagram. I um, also run the Call to Action Podcast Instagram, so you can interact with me there. T Public, we have merch. A lot of amazing people, like uh, Janine the Machine, have merch on T Public. Please go check it out. Support local <laughs> artists. It, we we all need help right now, and so if you could buy amazing, cool T shirts and just help everyone out a little bit, I recommend doing that. I also have my own channel at my name, Kelsey Kirkland. So just search for me and click on my face and subscribe if you're interested. I cover lots of DC, stuff, especially Harley Quinn, play video games, things like that.
0: Especially uh, watching you do play your video games is always a fun time. Very interesting <laughs> yes. Game choices.
1: I think very <laughs> weird games. It's true.
0: <laughs> for sure. And I'm Alex Mack, part of the Call to Action crew, and I host MoBase every single Wednesday, and I come hang out with this awesome lady on Sundays on occasion for call to action live. Um, You can also check us out in audio form everywhere on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, everywhere podcasts are found. So definitely come and check out and subscribe us there, but like, subscribe, comment. We love you guys. Thank you again so much. I'll see you soon. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye Bye. Thank you.